Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. All right, so we're just we're just going to go this way. I, I want to start with what were some of your your takeaways for the men that are awake. What stood out to you that you really take away from either of these men and what they delivered at the conference? Show of hands if you had something. Man, what was there a word that that stood out? Okay, I'm going to go over here because I think there was a miracle on my left. George, what stood out to you? The uh, the word the word that I got was uh, with all the messages that were uh, that were spoken is uh, perseverance and uh, being authentic and transparent and uh, having a posture of gratitude. Okay, that's that's a lot right there. So, how does that speak to you, men on the pa- panel? How does that resonate with you? Let's go backwards. Posture of gratitude. What else did you say? Perseverance. That was the other thing that really stood stood out to me. Why don't we start with uh, Coach So? I think perseverance, man. I think you like day one. Let's start with a thousand crunches, you know. And if you don't show up tomorrow, neither will I. But, but how does that? How does perseverance speak speak to you as a as a coach and a man of God? Well, nothing comes nothing comes without hard work, right? So, like at the end of the day, perseverance, right, is going to be what you use to get to where you want to be in life. Like that as much as you can work, work your bag off to get to where you want to be. Right. Like, uh, I, yes, I had to do a thousand sit-ups. That's fine. Right. But it was the faith in the fact that I was still going to get to the point that I could train with this coach for free. Right. And get to this point that I could get to live my dreams through the perseverance of working hard. Right. So that's, that's where perseverance helps helps get you to where you're going. You're not going to get there without the perseverance. If you don't have it, right, you you stop in place. You'll hit that wall every time until you persevere through that wall, right? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, perseverance, perseverance to me, um, you know, I, I, you know, playing sports for for a number of years, man, you know, you think about sitting around and, 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 and training and, um, it comes kind of comes back to a point of um, self negotiation for me during perseverance. You know where where like Coach said, when you're training and and things get hard, and then you start to negotiate with yourself. Like you know I'm my knees hurting or man I'm out of breath a little bit and I whoo yeah maybe maybe I'll I'll make up the other two you know. Two, two runs tomorrow, the two sprints tomorrow, self-negotiate and being able to persevere through my 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 work ethic is like, you know what? I'm gonna build through this. I'm gonna get through this. Like you said, you know, you get a chance to work with some of the, you know what I mean, to try to get to a point, you know, of hard work. And, and for me, it's like, um, you know, do what you can, give it what you got, don't negotiate, you know what I mean? Like the contract is signed. Let's go. Let's persevere through things. It's it's hard. Let's go though. You know what I mean? Like you know, life is hard at times. You know what I mean? They ain't, ain't say the, the road was going to be easy, you know, but we're going to live it. We're going to walk it and we're going to do what God has called us to do. So, yeah. You think like in the scripture too, like Hebrews ten thirty five. I think it's an anthem for all of us. It says that don't cast away your confidence. It carries a great reward for you have a need 
of endurance that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the prize. So endurance always precedes the harvest, the prosperity, the outcome, something being fulfilled in a person's life. And I think when you get caught in the middle, you start making decisions based on everything that's feeling and immediate, but you lose sight of what's ultimate if you're not careful. How many of you ever felt that in your life? In the, and Jesus even talked about there's a narrow way that leads to big things in life as opposed to going through a broad way where a lot of people are not disciplined. Disciplines are good things. I, I don't know about you. I think a disciplined person, God brings a discipline in a person's life, not hurts a person's life, but he'll allow them to develop disciplines in their life. So to be able to build is what you build. Sometimes it's private, it's rewarded public. So I look at the idea, how do you bring that and do that on a daily basis? Negotiate what you said you're in your mind. How do, how do you do that where you win in your mind? Because if you don't win there, you're not going to win it out. And the reality is, what about just using the idea, this is going to end well? What if that's just a common thing? Maybe it's not well, maybe it's tough, maybe it's strenuous, maybe I was working through difficulty and challenges. And how many know the life of faith does not mean that there's not challenges? You just have ability not to be defined by them. Is that fair? No one said that was going. <laughs> and uh, But the idea is, this is going to end well. How's your marriage going to end? Well, because I'm practicing well today. How's this going to end well in my children? Because I'm doing well today. I decide to do well. This is going to end well. And with the idea of having a vision that this is going to end well, that brings power to my present to be able to operate well today. Let you win the day. Come on. Let's go. I like that. I see there are men taking notes. Take note. If you don't have anything to write on, I mean, everyone's got a phone, but if you don't write in front of you, there's some cards there. Uh, pull those out. Start writing this stuff down because you're, you're probably telling yourself, oh, this is going to be recorded. I can come back. That, that doesn't always work that way. Uh, sometimes technology fails. We had one of our sessions that we weren't able to record. So you were either there or you weren't. You either caught it or you didn't. And most things are caught, not taught. And are you going to catch what the Lord is delivering to you right now? Because if you don't write it down, you won't. Habakkuk 2, 2 says, take the vision, write it down, make it plain. So those that read it can run with it. It's time to run, man. God is calling us to run. He's calling us to run a race. We're not sitting on the sidelines. We're in the game. And I mean, <laughs> we got places to go. <laughs> we got things to do. Uh, so write it down. Okay, I want to go to the next part. I, I love that now, you know, the juices are flowing. We're waking up. It's good. It's good. Uh, the thankfulness part, the key to the key to perseverance. You know, let's talk about how does thankfulness uh, play a part in either the young people that you coach in your own life or anybody that might be facing anything, uh, Syl or, or, or Rex, that you come across. How does, how does uh, the attitude, you talked about the attitude. The attitude can change your altitude, right? Uh, but how can that added, having the right attitude help you to persevere? Let me say this is a teaching point and then we'll, we'll quickly. An attitude is like your librarian of your past. It shows where you've been, but it's also a profit to your future because your attitude dictates which direction you go. It's usually not based on opportunities, based on the internal attitude that you have in your own heart. And then number three, it's also the speaker of your present. You can hear a lot about someone's attitude by what they're talking about right now because out of the abundance of a heart, a mouth speaks. So I think 
when you hit, when you get with any of our lives, it's easy to get so busy and I'm in creation mode, I'm in attack mode, I'm in fighting mode, I'm trying to overcome, I'm in conquering mode, that you start to overlook all the wonderful things in your life and you don't enjoy the journey. To me, that that was in my own life. I was going everywhere. I remember I'd gone to, I was at Princess Diana's, uh, right across the street from Princess Diana when I had her funeral. And I'd flown in with a gentleman on a Gulfstream 6. I come from poor Los Angeles. We didn't have no money. And God had let me be in an opportunity where they were negotiating the peace process with Israel. And I was there in 19, I was like 1997. I was again back in 2002. And I remember... I should be enjoying all these great places, but in my mind is, well, when I get there, then I'm going to have fun. When I get there, I'm going to have a good time. When I get there and you start always in this thing, okay, I got to get there to have fun. I got to get there to have freedom. I got to get there. And I overlooked everything that I'd been praying for. I'm living in the very thing that I'd prayed for and I wasn't enjoying it. I was enjoying it because I was always so determined to get there that I didn't appreciate it and overlooked everything I had. And my little girl, she goes, dad, look at that flower. <laughs> what do you mean flower? I got like 66 calls to return. Yeah. What do you mean flower? Look at it, dad. It's got like six different colors and look at, there's like little sprouts in it. Look how beautiful that is. And I went, holy schmoly. I'm zooming past my life. All because I wasn't taking it in because I wasn't aware. She was so grateful and I was so busy. And I wanted to reposture that because you can only appreciate what you're grateful for. Yeah. That's what you keep in your life. And that's a rich man. John, Sir John Templeton, the first billionaire in the world, said, you want to know what a wealthy man is? He's the most extreme in his gratefulness. And he expresses it. Anyways, and that's where I find that allows someone to actually enjoy themselves on the way to where they're going. Well, that, you know, let's be honest, as men, at times, we have a hard time expressing gratefulness. Do we not? Or does it just come easy for all you guys, right? Thankfulness, gratefulness, and expression. And how do we express that? How do we show that? How does that, how does that translate to the, to the athletes, to the coaches? You know, how does that, what, how does that resonate yeah, with you? You know what? Um, dealing with so many young kids um, and they come from so many different backgrounds, you know, from, you know, whether it's a two family household, single mom, I mean, like me or like whatever it is, there are different circumstances that the kids come from. And so when they come to, to train or they come to camp, it's getting them to try to push those objects to the side, whatever they're going through to the side and to focus on um, what's at hand right now. And, uh, and for me, I try to resonate with those kids in regards to that because I know how hard, like I said, life may be for these kids, whether, I mean, they're dealing with an issue for a test that they failed in or just like just the mental stability of these young kids today. And so I try to bring them into a realm of like, you know what, man, we're going to leave everything, problems, whatever situation we got, we're going to leave them at the door. We're going to come in here with, at, a, at a mind of peace. 
We're going to come in. We're going to have a workman's mentality and we're going to enjoy the process because in life, when you're going through those things there are steps to get to where you want to go. We ain't jumping from the first grade to the fourth grade, you know, you know, unless you just like super talented, but you still young in the head at the end of the day. But I want to make sure that these kids really understand that there's work that needs to be done, but be grateful in the process to that. Even like I said, within that one sprint that you got it, you may be tired, you may be exhausted, but that finish of completion to I did that we said 10, I did 10. I wanted to quit at six, but I fought to go through 10. And I said, at the end of the day, I say, look at that. Be thankful that you had enough energy. Be thankful that you had enough courage. Be thankful that you had enough discipline to be able to finish throughout those things. Because at the end of the day, I mean, what, what, what do we have? Like, what do we have? What do we have? And I just want those young kids to really realize that, I mean, all of them may not be a pro football player, you know, at the end of the day. That's that's the reality of it. You know, it's by the grace of God that I got a chance to uh, to play. But they're all going to be a pro at something. You know, whether it's a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, or, you know, what I mean, a big time speaker like Rex, you know what I mean? A pastor like Matt, you know, and it, they're all going to be a pro at something. You know, but to being able to enjoy that journey and be thankful for it and the people that are around. I mean, I just want to be a light to to those, though, you know. So at the end of the day, you know, you come in, we're going to work. We're going to have fun. We're going to celebrate, you know, and we're going to dap it up for each other at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I like that. I like how you set the standard of an attitude of gratitude. I like how you, 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 you know, you don't, what you tolerate also becomes your standard and how you set the boundaries. You know, we're going to leave that at the door. This is how it's going to go. You lead with vision. Uh, that, that's great. You know, um, we've been taught too that vision leaks and culture drifts. If we're not intentionally repeating and rewarding and celebrating and say, yo, this is how it's going to go. Cause I don't care how the rest of your week went. When you're in my house, when you step into my ring, you're going to operate by his standard. Come on. <laughs> Still, anything you want to say in regards to that? How do, you, how do you measure an attitude of gratitude when it comes to your athletes that you train? My, the best way to put it for me and the way I, I generally tell, tell my athletes is like, we're all going to go through things in life, right? Like a, it, you may be having a problem today, but your opponent's having a problem today as well, right? And it's who's gonna who's gonna make that step to get past that problem and get to the ring right so like when you when we when we're gonna do that you have to decide how how can you deal with this problem in the moment right so like for me and this is how i explain it to them not everybody understands it but i explain it to them in the sense is that there's things you can control in life right and i can control how fast i run like i can i can work on building my strength. I can work on building my endurance. I can work on doing a thousand sit-ups, right? I can, I can work on all these things. Those are things I can control, but there are things out there that I can't control, right? There, there are feelings that come in that you can't control in that moment. But if I realize I'm in a moment and I'm in, in a situation where I can't control it, I leave it up to the one that can control it because that's, that's, that's the only way to deal with it. And I'll go on and persevere through what I need to persevere through. And I know at the end of the day, he's, he's going to give me the spot I need to be in. Right. I'll be there. Right. That's really powerful. That's really good. That was really good. Um, I, I should have said this. What if every one of us for the next seven days, and I gave you a challenge for seven days. I like challenges, right? 
you 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 can see how fast you can run. You put a pit bull on you. Come on, you don't put a chihuahua. <laughs> Forrest Gump will pop out of you. Um, what if for seven days you started asking God, teach me how to enjoy who you made me to be? Mm, wow. Teach me how to enjoy my work. Teach me how to enjoy people I don't really care for. Teach me how to enjoy the drive to work. Teach me how to enjoy my home. Because most of suffering comes from looking at what's not there rather than what you do have. And you zoom past all your blessings. So what if you, what if the prayer became, God, teach me how to enjoy the clothes you gave. Teach me how to enjoy the friends I have. Teach me how to enjoy my spouse. Teach me how to enjoy my kids. This is a prayer I pray. And the reality is, then all of a sudden you start having more creative ideas of how you can bring joy and gratefulness to them and what you appreciate for them. And all of a sudden that brings so much more fulfillment to your life because I think the achievement side without the fulfillment, life sucks. That's suffering. That's pain. So I want to say like for seven days, what if you start asking, God, teach me how to enjoy who you made me to be. Teach me how you enjoy my friends, my neighbors, people in my life. As a result, I think you'd become much more aware of their potential and how you could be of value to their life and also how much gratefulness that you will have in your own heart for the blessings you do have in your life that you probably overlook on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I only learned that through pain. (laughs) I smile when I say it up here and it sounds all wise, but I didn't learn it that way. I started saying that prayer about 2008. Man, I'm loving where this is going. By the way, one thing you guys all have in in common, you just got like this supernatural joy. That's the one thing I've noticed about all three of you. Still, anytime I walk into the gym, you're smiling ear to ear. Every time I meet you, Rex too, he's like on happy pills everywhere he goes, you know, like, and and same thing, Keon, like you're just, anytime you talk, you're sincere. You're, you're like this deep well of wisdom, but dude, you light up the room. Like you're laughing, smiling, joking. It doesn't matter what we're going through. I just, I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I've had that opportunity several times too, where people think I'm on something like, what's up with you? You're always happy. I'm like, well, I'm not always happy, but I'll tell you my secret sauce is Jesus. It's my savior. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Like seriously, for real, for real. Uh, Coach Dalton, what was, what was your takeaway or that stood out to you spoke uh, in this men's conference? Uh, my takeaway was when your expectation for your wife is so high, you start to grade your wife when you need to just appreciate her, magnify my appreciation, not my expectation. Now she's not my project and that unlocks intimacy. Mm. Wow. Mm. Let's go there. Yeah. Let's talk about the ladies. Yeah. Let's talk about um, magnifying the appreciation. <laughs> Over the expectation. Come on. Who would like to go first? How does that work? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start with that one. Uh, <laughs> Take me to church. Hey, you, you, know, you know what, man? Uh, and honestly, I didn't, like, I, I grew up, you know, around my father where he was, he was a womanizer. And I didn't really understand what it meant to or how to treat a woman. Um, and so for me, you know, at a young age, I met my wife for 18. You know what I mean? She had our first kid when we were 19. And it was just like a a flash, like, all right, life's here. Let's go, go, go. Let's go, go, go. And I think in the midst of that, for me, you know what I mean? Being raised by a man and seeing that, okay, well, the goal is to sleep with, 
you know, as many women as possible because at the end of the day, you think that that's what being a man is like what, you know, the biggest having the biggest truck and sleeping with the most women, you know, and, and that's that, that was my thought of what what it meant to be a man, you know, because that was the only vision that I saw growing up in my household. And so now when I stand, get a chance to step back, now I'm stepping into my own manhood. Now I got my son and I'm like. What do I want to see him do and how do I want to see him, you know, grow as a man? And and it's going to reflect on how I treat his mom and how I act towards her and the love that I show towards her. And so for me, it was hard to emulate something that I never saw. And so her grandparents, you know, may they rest in peace. They went on to glory a couple years ago and her grandfather I only got a chance to 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 sit with him for about 4 years um I think he passed away at 88 and he showed me what it meant to be a man who loved his wife and take care of his wife and appreciated the things that his wife has done now. She was, you know, Miss Miss Suggs, Grandma Suggs, she was a firecracker. I tell you, she, <laughs> she'd get on them, but she'd make sure it was always love and taking care of the house. And I saw that you can be married for 60 years. Like it was possible. Like you could, you you can do those things, you know, for a long amount of time. And so um, for me, like just even growing with my wife and learning every single day, you know, like you're 19 years old. I got married at 21. I don't know nothing about being married. You know what I'm saying? I, honestly, like if I'm, we being transparent, my thought process was, man, you know, I got her now. You know what I mean? She can't leave me. I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's it. You know what I mean? Like I can do what I want to do, you know? And and as we as we started to grow, you know I mean, I started to see who she was as as a person, you know, as a woman of God and her spirit. And I wanted to make sure that I nurtured that. I made sure I cultivated that and whatever I could do because she was always, she followed me to Canada. Like, you know, like who's coming to Canada? No offense, no offense. You know what I mean? I love it here. I'm the idea, you know, but she, she followed me. She had trust and, and, and faith in me knowing that, you know, God was leading me to a new place. He said, I'll give you this land. I'll give you this land. And, and for me to be able to have a woman with that so much support and I made sure like, you know, be, I love you, whatever I can do to make sure I help, whatever I can do to make sure that I cultivate a house of, of love and, and warmth and joy because my kids when they watch me talk to her speak to her love on her you know what I mean I'm showing my boys this is how you treat your mom this is how you treat your wife this is how you treat those and and I didn't want to grow up in the house where you know they see disrespect because I mean I, I saw that in my household you know when my mom and dad were married and you know they used to hit on my mom and like when you see those things as a kid it's like it, it it does something to you. And I know I didn't want to be like that. And I want to make sure that I do whatever I can to nurture the flower. Like I read the scripture yesterday, you know, when a man gets married, he leaves his mother and his father and becomes one flesh with his wife. And I want to make sure that I do my absolute best and like be who God created me to be in that realm. Now, some people, you know, like Paul, he he wasn't getting married, you know, you know, the apostle Paul, he wasn't getting married, you know, but for me, I enjoy, I enjoy the, 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 just the love uh, from my wife and being able to do those little things for her. So like, if I can say anything to you guys who are, uh, you know, who are married or with their old girlfriends or things like that, or love, cultivate, you know, appreciate, appreciate, you know, and those little small things like, you know, it's man, I'm telling you, 
Because at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Did they say happy wife, happy life? But you got to make the happy starts, though, within the joy that you have. Because we got to set the temperature in the home. We set the temperature. You know what I mean? If you come in, I remember some days after hard days in football practice, I'm just mad, frustrated. You know what I mean? And there's a, a, a an aroma in the house. And it's just, you know, come home, open the door. Dennis, oh, what's that smell? You... You know what I'm saying? What's you know what I mean? Like you, it's peace in the home. Yeah, you know, it's peace in the home. You know, and so the same thing I practice with my kids. I try, I leave everything with that practice. I lift that at the door. They don't get a chance to come into the house. Yeah. I leave that at the door, and I'm gonna walk into what God has created and enjoy it. Wow. So. Yeah. Come on, Rex, you got to be one of the experts on relationship. I look at you and Katrina and, and the relationship that you have, and you have been um, a Maybe coach. because I failed so many times. <laughs> well, you fail forward. Come on, you fail forward. I think what you said the other night, we talked about when my expectation's high and my appreciation's so low, I'm the one that suffers. Because then you go into a grading mode, and then you look at them as your project or your site. Yeah, I got to cure them, fix them. And any man that constantly looks at his wife or at his girl as a project will begin to resent the very fact that she's in your world. And you look at it as you owe me, not I come to give to you. Amen. Say ouch. You start negatively stacking. How many of you ever been guilty besides I'll be the first one, so I'm not the hypocrite? Where you start negatively stacking, well, shoot, you didn't do that for me. Well, you didn't do that, and then you didn't do that. Well, you didn't look as hot as I wanted you to look there. You didn't perform that way. You weren't showing up available, or you were close sexually, and you start stacking up all these negative things. Before you know it, you produce so much resistance and resentment. What happens when a man does that and he loses vision? He always reverts back to something that's inferior. Does that make sense? You go out of bounds or become undisciplined, the scripture says. So I like to go, okay, if I start mag take all the expectation off and I can magnify and appreciate this person and what you just said, what's the feeling I want to cultivate in my home and my marriage? What if those of us that are married, what if you this week took a handwritten letter, only maybe three to five sentences, and it said, I just want to let you know you were on my mind. Maybe I haven't told you lately, you're the one woman I never want to be apart from and live without. You freaking rock my world. And I want you to know that as you go about your day and you put that note in her underwear drawer, come on, somebody. Don't put it on the stool. Put it in her underpants. Yeah, well, she's going to put it on her panties. That's where you want to see that. As a man. Success leaves clues. Let's go. Listen, I ain't stupid. There's a special kind of dumb, and then there's ignorance. Come on, yeah. listen. Come on. Why people get destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Man. Why do you say that? Because she will feel warmth. She'll feel desire. She'll feel that you are on her mind. And any woman that feels invisible starts to walk away from showing you love. Wow. If we're not letting our women feel visible in our eyes that there's somebody that they're still special after 10 years, after five years, after 20 years, that there's still someone that I'm proud to be with. This is my bride. This is my wife. Because how many know our wives are a reflection of our husbandry? Oh, wow. Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> I can smile and say that today. I wasn't always 
And so being intentional about it, are there little things that we can do that way? Even in the next week, if I wrote a letter, if you wrote a letter and put it in your in your wife's underwear drawer and she got that and said, you know what? I just want to let you know, thank you for sharing your life. Thank you for giving your life to spend with me. Thank you for praying for me, supporting me. I appreciate the strength you give, the beauty you give. My life's special today because you're in it. Don't think for a minute you're going to get an average wife when you come home. How many know you're going to get a very warm and affectionate and loving and caring and appreciative wife? How many know that's much more enjoyable? Now you're building it upon creation, not conflict. Yeah. Is that helpful at all? Yeah. And think about, if I can say this on a relational dynamic, this is where I succeeded and this is where I've, and then I failed because what you build upon has to expand and grow in a relationship. Because a relationship involves, right? There's attraction at the beginning. And at the beginning of a relationship, you'll do anything for that person. How many know it's true? Yep. Yep. Come on. She's like, can you take out the trash? Yes, for sure. <laughs> Come on. It's like two years into it. You're like, you do it yourself. <laughs> Stop being lazy, woman. Come on. Proverbs 31. She willingly works with her hands. <laughs> you start throwing scripture out at her. <laughs> can anybody ever feel this kind of thing? Okay. Real quickly, if you treat them at the end like you do at the beginning, you don't have an ending. Whoa. Because you were all in on love, you were punch drunk on love. Maybe that's why I think when we get to heaven, I think after Jesus, whether you accepted him or rejected him determines whether you stay or whether you depart. Wow. But I think the biggest question he's going to ask, not how gifted you were, not how talented you were. He's going to ask, were you faithful? But he's going to ask the next thing, did you learn how to love? If you ever see these people that have ever had experiences where they died and they went to heaven, the majority of them come back and say, did you learn how to love other people? I sent you to learn how to love. Faith, you won't need it in heaven. Hope, you won't need it in heaven. The gifts of the spirit, you won't need it in heaven. You only need those for the earth. But one thing's only going to go with you to heaven, and that's love. So I want to become good at love. So if we did that, not just giving them certainty and stability that you're going to show up, that you're going to come home, that you're going to provide, or that you're going to be, you know, somewhat stable, but then bring variety into it. Bring forth, do something different. Offer them, hey, you know, let me massage your back for 10, 15 minutes. Let me just let you know you're my queen. I like what you said that. Yeah, I really care. I just want you to know how special you are to me. Do something creative out of the norm. Disrupt it. When you do, you create passion. Wow. And marriages don't fail for lack of love. They fail for lack of intimacy. Yes. Wow. Let me say that again. Yeah. Marriages don't die out because people stop loving each other. They die because they lack intimacy. And if we're intimate, it's into me you see or intimate. You allow someone to see into you and the way you feel about them. Yeah. Give them a vision of themselves a little bit bigger. When I give that to my wife, I got to go home today. I've slept about five hours in three days, I think right now, six hours, sit three days. And I got to go home and I got to go jump on another airplane to go speak for three days. But I go, I'm going to got to go home and I got to create an atmosphere and create energy that when my wife walks away, I didn't go give my all to everybody else and then come home and suck at home. I want to build my home just as much as I want to build my business. So she feels, oh my gosh, I might be taking care of our kid. I might be working some hard things, but man, that man loves me. That man crazy about me. I want to make her my biggest fan. Any man want to do that in their wife? Yeah, come on. How juicy is life when that happens? Yeah. I know the opposite, how painful it is when it's not. Man. Whew, that's good. You know, we got, as men, we got to man up. And one of the things that we got to do as man up is, is we got to look at um, the bride of Christ. We got to look at the church and we got to look at that in reference to also our spouse, right? 
And Jesus loved the church. He gave up his life for the church. That's the standard. That's the standard. And Rex, you said this once before, lust takes, love gives. And we need to make more deposits into our relationships and less withdrawals. Come on, man. You know you've been withdrawing more than you've been depositing. And the Lord wants you to deposit love. He wants you to get creative. And I think for some of us, our, our homework's got to be, we got to go back to 1 Corinthians 13, and we got to figure out what love is and what love isn't. Come on, it's patient, it's kind, it hopes for the best, looks for the best, endures all things. Love is a verb, it is not a feeling, okay? Because all around the world, you know, all, all through society, the world's going to throw at you what love ain't. And if, you getting in, if you're not getting into the word, you're not going to know what love is. And if you can't receive, it says God is love. Okay, perfect love does what? Drives out all fear. Sometimes you're not responding and you're not making deposits because you have a fear or you're looking for the performance or you're looking at things aren't meeting your expectations as opposed to you're looking at your appreciation. And that's why you miss what's right in front of you and you end up fighting the very one that you should be fighting for. But today's a new day and his mercies are made new every morning. This is great, great wisdom. One of the things uh, Charmaine told me a long time ago, she says, if I'm looking good, that's on you. If I'm not looking good, that's on you. And I'm like, you're right. Because if I'm here to serve you, if I'm here to serve you and I'm putting you first and I'm, and I'm not giving you my leftovers, I'm not giving you my scraps, I'm giving you my best then you're going to, it's no different than the church. If you come in here and the building's looking good, the people are happy, it's a welcoming atmosphere and inviting, it's because of love and it's because of service. It's because people have their priorities in the right place and they're not looking to get, they're looking to give Mm -hmm. because lust takes and love gives. Praise the Lord. All right. I like where this is going. We only have have, uh, room for one more. Let's move, should we move to a question? Let's move to a question. Who's got a question was really challenged uh, this weekend and feels like, man, I just need a little more clarity on something uh, that you guys talked about. I need a little more wisdom in this department. Darren, I saw your hand up first. I'm going to get you to come down because <laughs> we both, I'll meet you in the middle. How's that? <laughs> come on down. <laughs> Actually, if you, if you stand in the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're online so welcome everybody online so actually Keon you were talking last night and uh, talking about your dream and you know you got to live your dream the, the NFL right and a lot of us didn't get to live our dream a lot of us maybe failed at our dreams and uh, I know in the past is there's been some things that I've failed at and almost afraid to dream again and it's like you guys all pursued dreams right and so you had to let some of them go or so I guess my question is how do you pursue or how do you find a dream again when that thing that you pursued for so long like even like having to retire I can imagine that's got to be hard too so mm-hmm. how do you dream again how do you find that passion oh that is so that's a that's a great question appreciate that Wow, how do you how do you dream again? Um, wow. You know what? When when I when I retired from football, um you see a lot of the guys, they they sit on the stage and you know, they got their families around them and you know, and they 
cheering and they doing interviews at the end of it and like this is it this is my walk off um for me it wasn't like that it was just it's over and there was a deep there was a deep part missing because i had given so much to the game since I was five years old when I started to play the game and to reach the the, the highest level um, of the game and to the door to be shut and say it's over. And I understood that when you started to play the game, you know, but to say it's over. And when you talk about having a strong woman by your side, my wife, she said, she said, Keon, you really, you really need to let it go and not just let it go just to throw it out in the atmosphere but you need to retire and she suggested I write a letter to myself and I was like you know that's that's crazy but I, I said you know I'm like but I sat back because you gotta you like I said last night you gotta see where your information is coming from I mean, who cares about you and, and where that information is coming from? And she said, write a letter to yourself. And I sat down and I did. I, I sat down and I one morning I just wrote down. I just wrote myself a letter saying goodbye to football, not to the game, but to me playing the game and the experience of being able to walk away the way that I wanted to walk away. And I don't know. This is like this. I don't know if this is prophetic or super spiritual but I'm, I'm telling you I did that the day and they had a the stamps had a game and I got invited to it so I did it the day before and I wrote the letter and I did it the day before and so at the end of the game that they had I'm, I'm leaving the uh the club that they had and the field is empty so I'm walking down the back of the end zone and I don't know there's a picture in my head of the last touchdown that I scored at McMahon Stadium and <laughs> I, I end up creating the exact same moves, running all the way down the field. You know what I mean? I walk, I can just hear. I was the only one in the stadium. I can just hear the fans just kind of yelling. Nobody was there, but I can hear it as I walked. As I walked down and I got to the end of the end zone, the light shut off in the stadium. <clears throat> and when I walked out of that stadium, I said, thank you, Lord. What's next? What's next? Because now I think that was holding me back to pursuing what God had next for me. So you say, how can you find a way to dream again? It's finding a way to see what God has for you. And it may not be, oh, you know, I played at the highest pinnacle, but it's like, what purpose do you have? What purpose, what passion do I have to serve in others? And that was the biggest thing I wanted to do is I wanted to serve others first. You know what I mean, so I, so I started the program for kids, you know, and now my dream now is like, how many young kids can I impact though? Because at the end of the day, whether I made it to the top, you know, and, and reached professional football level, and that was a dream, but man, dreams change. You know what I mean? Focus change. And it's okay for them to change. It's okay, you know, and be all right with that. But be confident in me knowing that God got me wherever I go. Wherever I do, wherever I go, God got me. And like I said, on that night in that hotel, Lord, I trust you. So when them lights cut off, I trust you with the next path in my life. So anybody that's struggling, trying to figure out what to, to do next, trust God. 
Trust, trust, trust. I know he has my back. I know he got your back. And anything that you can do, you want to do, trust and believe. And so, like I said, at the end of the day, man, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the passion. I enjoy what God has for me. Like, I mean, the dream is now, man, I just want to be a good dad. I want to love God. I want to be a good husband. You know what I mean? I want to be a good light. I just want to, I want to be, I want to be sprinkling salt. I want to be salt among the earth. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't about me. That's what I learned. Football makes it about you. You know what I mean? Everybody want to yell your name. They got my jerseys all in the stands. Everybody yelling, oh, Keon, you're so great. You know? <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, man, it was, it was never about me. And I, and I don't want it to be about me. You know what I mean? I want it to be about others. I want to be of service to others. And so, you know what I mean? And, and whatever we could do in regards to that, man, fellas, I, I, I urge you, I encourage you to be salt. Be salt. Be salt in this earth. Be salt in this land. I mean, dreams happen when we start to sprinkle that seasoning on it, baby. Let's be seasoning in this world mixed with so much blandness and try. No, let's be salt in this earth, fellas. Mm-hmm. on that that was perfect i think we're doing it we're getting around other people that have decided not to do life normal and we get around other dreamers and you get around other dreamers and people the top 10 percent happiest people according to harvard psychology are people that have relationship built on purpose or calling in their life and so you get around other people that are dreaming and thinking about how to improve their life their family their community how to add significance that's it gets on you I mean, you get around other people that think big, you want to start thinking big. No one feels good when you hang out with, uh, you know, you hang out with someone and you're like, oh man, that person's living life at another level, another frequency. They're, they're not, they're on a whole nother plane. So I like that idea. And if I was to piggyback on that, the idea that remind yourself, you have a calling, your calling didn't come with a retirement plan. And so there's aspects of your calling that shift and change because God knows what he packs. And that's why I asked my friend Miles Monroe this one time. He was the ambassador of the Bahamas. I asked him one time, I go, why do people need an eternal life? You ever like wonder like, why do I need an eternal life, an eternity of life? He said, because it will take an eternity for God to get out of you everything he put inside you. And that's how much is packed inside you. So we think the end of a small dream or end of an eight-year run or a 10-year run. And God's going, you know how much I packed inside of your body? There's purposes for the earth and there's ones after in heaven that are so packed inside you, but they're in your spirit. So the idea that I have a calling shows me that there's somebody waiting for me on the other side. And the calling might be in your conquering right now. Your calling might be discovered in what you're conquering right now because there's power in it. Because what you conquer, then you can give to other people. It might be in the creation. What do I really passionate about creating? Because in what you love, there's a wisdom inside of that to be able to find clues to bring opportunity and solutions to people's lives. But then the most thing, if you ever heard me speak, and I'm, I'm big on this, if tears talk, whatever draws the compassion out of you is a clue to you that what you've been assigned to by the Lord 
not by a ministry, by God himself that you've been assigned to bring healing to. If you can find what draws the compassion out of you, whether it's children, it's family, it's marriages, it's people's health. If I recognize that, then I recognize the people that I've been assigned to to bring healing and hope to the situation. Immediately now that brings vision that it's beyond me and I can be significant because it's about what I can contribute. That's a powerful dream. It's not just a burning bush falling from the, or something falling from the sky. I think that's the powerful dream. If I recognize that element and any of those three components, now I have a vision for where I'm moving and I have a dream for where I'm going. Come on. Well, let's stand to our feet. Um, Pastor Keon, would you mind just praying a blessing over these men? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning um, that you you gave us the spirit to to get up this morning and to to fellowship and to to share love and to be love and to to share your grace, to share your word and to allow your spirit to resonate inside of these men. Father God, Um, I pray that words and seeds were planted today, this weekend in the hearts and the minds of those online, those who are in his building today, Father God. I pray that you allow a release, Father God, of purpose, of passion, of grit, of determination, Father God, speaking life into these men, speaking life to those that are around, that hear your word, that speak your word, that are touched by your word, that are covered by your word, Father God. Allow these men, allow us to be salt in this land, Father God, that you gave us, Father God. We pray over every single aspect in our lives as men, as fathers, as husbands, Father God, as leaders in our communities, as co-workers, Father God, as those that see others, Father. I pray early things, Father God. I pray so much love and determination for every man in this room that our heart is open, that we cultivate a joy, Father God, a life of joy, of love, of hope of hope father of hope father pass this vision into your people father to your children we speak things that be not as though they were we speak life and energy and love and all those around father allow us to be vessels for you father god we give you all the glory we give you all the praise We give you all the honor from the depths of our heart, depths of our soul. We praise you in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for our speakers. Bless you, man. Okay, one more time. One more time. Okay, I want to I wanna do something a little different because, you know, in order to become different, we need to do different. And um, we're so blessed by those guys. I'm telling you, the favor of the Lord is on this place. It's on you, man. Uh, these are top level speakers that have invested to come out here and be here with us. Uh, this is what they do. They love it. This is their heart. But one thing that the Lord has, has shown me is when you invest in men like these men, godly men, if you sow into them, God will sow into your life. And this isn't, one thing we do practice as a church is a church of generosity. 
I want to give you an opportunity. I'm not, this is not an obligation. This is not, this, this is not, um, um, this is, this is something where I want you to know that when you sow into a ministry, God will sow into yours. And I just felt when I was sitting up there, I'm going to have uh, Pastor Rudy come up and, uh, and pray. I'm going to have ushers come forward, but don't miss out. I've sowed, I'm going to tell you this with, with Rex, he was a guy I followed online for years. And I dreamed of one day just even meeting him face to face, let alone to be my personal coach. But when I sowed, the instant I sowed into that relationship, I invested in that relationship, God blessed me. Like, and I'm not just talking about, you know, like, oh, I was blessed by the time and the wisdom that I got with Rex. No, like literally financially blessed me. The scripture says you reap what you sow. And I want to sow into his kingdom and I want to sow into his people. Um, so what we're, we're going to do, there's, there's offering envelopes in front of you. This isn't a tithe. This is, this is sowing into something. There's something in your life. If you want to see the change, be the change. Sow into change. And let's just, this is going to be above and beyond. We're paying for them. You know, like we're investing in them, but really they're the, they've invested a lot more in us. I'm just telling you that straight up. But if, even if there's just one or two men that are in the house, there's going to be kingdom, but watch this. Your business is going to thrive. There's going to be breakthrough in your bank account because it's God's principle, okay? And it does work. So again, no pressure on this. This is just, if you want the opportunity, this is it. We're not going to do this later. I'm not going to do it in the 1030 with, with the service. This is just, this is man to man. And I thought, I know there's businessmen in the house. I know there's men that want to start businesses and you're afraid. But you think, well, I don't have much to give. I'm telling you, little is much when God is in it. For some people, $10 might be a lot. For some, a thousand, two thousand is not a, a nothing. God knows your heart, and this is the stretch part. So I'm going to leave it with, with you right now as Pastor Rudy's playing the guitar. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Let's give this to God, okay? Let's give this to God. Lord, you gave us opportunities with wisdom and what to do when it comes to our dreams. You gave us opportunity and wisdom and what to do when it comes to our finances. And Lord, you've given us wisdom and opportunity and what it comes to our family in this community. And you've called us into this home and into this house to man up and trust in you. To lean not on our own understandings, but in all ways acknowledge we want to honor you by honoring your men today. May this just be the starting point to the sowing into other people's lives as you continue to sow into ours. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed to be a blessing. Bless these men now, Lord, as you've blessed us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.